You're listening to Connect Communities Podcast, recorded live in Stamford, Connecticut. If you'd like to know more about our community, stop by our website at www.connectcommunity.tv. Enjoy the message. Are you glad you came to Connect Community today? It's been great already, right? I'm going to share a message with you today. It's going to be a shorter message. Not too short, though. Going to make you worthwhile uh, coming here. And as Alini mentioned, we'll be here next week again for our last service of the year. But I have titled this message, The Greatest Announcement of All Time. The Greatest Announcement of All Time. For short, Tigaot. I think there's a slide for that. Tigaot. Am I the only one who finds that funny? I was cracking myself up. I'm like, this is a great idea. Tigaot. Uh, he is the greatest one of all time, isn't he, though? All right, you can go back to the real one, all right? That's, that's just a joke. That's just me cracking myself up. If you don't think that, that's pretty funny, all right? You can laugh with me or laugh at me, but uh, that's worth a laugh, all right? <laughs> Take a out. The greatest announcement <laughs> of all time. When you try to make acronyms and it just goes south, you know? That's like going back to the 80s in the wrong way. <laughs> Christmas. Christmas. I think this is, this is a very intriguing holiday, probably the most one to me, uh, for me, because this day, this day, and in the next few hours, starting with Australia, in the next few hours, people will start celebrating this day all over the world. They're going to gather in buildings just like this. They're going to gather in living rooms, in homes, across the world. People from every nation, people from all languages, people across the world from different socioeconomic statuses, people that had different upbringings will join in a place to celebrate, to observe, to honor Christmas. Christmas, as we know, December 25th, didn't even start as the main thing. It was an alternative thing. It was a side gig. It was one of those celebrations that Christians, people who believe in Christ, you know, they said, I don't want to get together with these pagans that are doing, you know, celebrating the sun and all this and all their deities. You know, we're going to instead, we're going to celebrate the birth of Christ. It wasn't even the main thing. And it started some 300 plus years in the fourth century, some 300 plus years after the birth of Jesus. And what's interesting to me is that after all these years, all these hundreds of years, you don't hear about pagan celebrations anymore. I mean, people try to say, oh, it wasn't even Christmas. It was really the the solstice or this or that. But that's all gone. But Christmas is still here. People are still celebrating Christmas. You know, everything else has faded. And the significance of this day, the significance of Christmas has impacted literally billions of people across hundreds of years. Billions of people have been impacted by what happened on Christmas. Now, it's most likely not the day of the birth of Jesus. But the fact that we pause to celebrate and remind his birth should make you think. It is really startling. It's a startling thing that a life lived in the first century, which now is known the first century because of his life, should command such attention. It should make you think what kind of life would impact the world in such a way that it divides history and it splits time between before Christ and the years of Christ, Anno Domini, A.D. It should make you think What kind of life commands 
and marks the world in such a day, in such a way. Now, the night Jesus was born could have been any other night. There wasn't anything much special about that night. It was just another ordinary night. And according to Luke, the first century historian who became a believer, he writes that there were some shepherds on a field. And they had prepared for their night like they had prepared for any other night. They were taking care of their sheep, watching over their sheep like they were watching over their sheep like any other night. But that night, something different happened. Something amazing happened. We pick up on the scriptures on Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 16. And it says, And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of God shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord, and this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was the, with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God, saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. What an announcement. Could you imagine that, kids, being in a field, watching some sheep, and all of a sudden, a vision, a messenger, an angel appears and makes this announcement. It was supposed to be just a regular night. They weren't prepared for that. Now, I'm not a shepherd. This might shock you. But living in Connecticut, it's hard to be a shepherd. I'm not a shepherd. The closest I've come to being a shepherd was feeding uh, some sheep, some extra expensive crushed corn. <laughs> 25 cents for like three, three crumbs up in East in Connecticut through a wired fence, not to get too close to the animal. So that's the closest I've been to being a shepherd. What we know from shepherds is what, you know, through reading, but we know that it was night. We know they were silent. It was a quiet night. And like any other night, what shepherds did is that they watched over their flock. They were done for the day. And then the greatest announcement of all time happened to them. The greatest announcement of all time. It was so powerful, so meaningful. Because of that announcement, we're here today. Because of that announcement, we gather today. Because of that announcement, we are a community today. Like I said, because of that announcement, the world, time itself has been marked because of that day. Now, there are three things I want to highlight from this scripture. Three simple things. And many of these things will be a reminder to you. To many of you, this is nothing, nothing new. But the first thing that's very simple, but sometimes we forget from that announcement is that Christmas is good news. Christmas is good news. I said this here last week. That's for some of us, 
the, the sound of holidays, it's not good news. It's a news of pressure and stress. And, but Christmas is good news. It's meant to be good news. Now, much more importantly, when it came, it came at a time of suffering. And it came to a people who was a suffering people. They were suffering under an oppressive system. And it had been some 400 years since that group of people had heard any good news. The last time they heard a good news is what we now know as the last verse of the Old Testament. It was the promise of the Messiah. It was the promise for some good news. And it says in Malachi first, uh, verse, uh, chapter 4, verses four and five, uh, five and six, Malachi 4, 5 and 6. Behold, I will send you Elijah, the prophet, before the great and awesome day of the Lord comes. And he will turn the hearts of fathers to their children and the hearts of children to their fathers, lest I come and strike the land with a decree of utter destruction. The promise they that, heard, that they heard, the promise this group of people had heard was before things get out of control. Before things get too hard to bear. Before things get so bad that they are beyond repair. The Lord will come. The day of the Lord will come. Before the land is so divided and people are so against each other. The day of the Lord will come. So those who received this promise. Those who had been believing for this promise for 400 years. They were expecting it. They were waiting on it. So even though that night was surprising, it was not a surprise. Even though it was a surprising way for those shepherds to see such announcement, to hear such announcement. They were eager for it. That's why they went with haste. Because the, the people, the suffering people were waiting for it. And that announcement meant that your time of mourning has ended. That the time of grief and oppression has ended. The Savior has come. The Messiah has come. And that, that's good news. That's good news. The other thing I want to highlight from this announcement is that Christmas is for all. It wasn't just for those who heard the announcement. It is for all. But I think it is interesting. I think it's very interesting that the angel appeared to shepherds. You know, sometimes I read the scriptures, I'm like, why, why did that happen? Why shepherds? I mean, there were a lot of other more logical uh, uh, messengers or, or people to receive that message. It was, you know, if you were making this story up, you wouldn't just write in shepherds. That's why for me, it's like really hard to believe that this didn't happen. Because, you know, you were probably, if you, if you want to aggregate some power and if you want to give some credibility to it, you're not going to pick shepherds. They were peasants. A lot of times they were not credible, not even in court. In those days, a lot of shepherds couldn't testify in court because they tended to steal other people's sheep. Not shepherds, but why shepherds? It could have been the high priest. It could have been some religious authority that received the announcement. If the high priest was too busy for it, busy for it there were priests, there were Sadducees, there were Pharisees. There were scribes. A lot of religious people who were seeking God, who knew the scriptures, would have understood exactly what that meant. But the angel appeared to shepherds. Shepherds on a field. Regular people. Ordinary people. People that were discounted by the powerful. People that were just doing ordinary things. Seemingly unimportant people. 
Now, this is not the first time in Scripture that God has appeared to shepherds and has changed the history through it. See, Abraham was a shepherd when God appeared to him. Moses was a shepherd in the desert for 40 years when he saw the burning bush. David was a shepherd when God anointed him to be the king of Israel. And all of those people, they changed the world. Now these shepherds, they receive a powerful, powerful message. A message that for all we know had not been heard by anybody else. This was the first public announcement that the Savior had come and the first public announcement that that baby was the Messiah. For what we know in the scriptures, Mary and Joseph knew and, and then, and then uh, Elizabeth and Zechariah knew. And unless they tweeted something or changed their status on Facebook to raising the Son of God, adulting, complicated something, I don't, I don't know, giving birth to God tonight. Unless they did that, nobody else knew. Now, you might be thinking, how about the three kings, right? How about the three kings? So a little sidebar on that. Three things about the three kings. First is that we don't know if they were kings. Because all the Bible uses, uh, describes them as wise men. And some song turned them into kings. But <laughs> we don't know if they were kings. The, the original word there is magi. It's where we get the word magician. And they, what they were, they were astrologers. They were seers. They had a special gift to see and read the skies. And they saw a star. So yeah, they saw the star. But they were in the east. And the magi that saw the star, the wise men that saw the star, started their journey. The other thing we don't know is that there were three. We don't know if there were three. And if you're a teacher here, like, what? You're saying that I could have used my entire class for the nativity scene? Yes, you could. It could have been two. It could have been ten. It could have been 15. The Bible doesn't say. There's no account of three. There are account of three kinds of gifts. Frankincense, myrrh, and gold. So we just put a wise man with each gift. But it could have been that 10 people brought that variety of gifts. You know, and the last thing is, it's most likely, most likely they were not at the birth scene. Because the Matthew account says that they entered into the house and they saw the boy Jesus, not they saw the baby in a manger. So, uh, you know, some of your nativity scenes, it's fine. Keep the wise king, keep, keep the three kings there. It's okay. So, yeah, they, they, saw, they saw the star and they interpreted it and they got a message that, that the king had been born. And when they, they made their journey uh, and, and they came to see Jesus later on. But that night, that specific night, the shepherds, God appeared to shepherds, ordinary people. Peasants, people of the world, just people, regular people like you and I. Why? Because Christmas is for all. Because the good news is for all. The good news is for you and it is for me. And the third thing that I want to mention here today is that Christmas, this announcement is peace on earth. Christmas is peace on earth. Now, as I said, this was tough time. These were people that were going through tough times. They were ruled by power and might. And this announcement of peace, this announcement of peace to them, it was the promise that they were waiting for. It was really an announcement of salvation. That word peace also can be translated into salvation. Salvation on earth. On earth. Peace on earth. The Messiah has come. 
the Son of God, the Christ, has come with shouts and marks of peace and harmony and joy and unity and people coming together. Now, some might would have chosen war. Some might have chosen, you know, the, the, the dissent. Some might have chosen revenge for what had happened. But that was not Jesus' way. And that was not his announcement. His announcement was an announcement of peace. You know, salvation. It was an announcement of heaven touching earth. The greatness of heaven touching earth. The, the limitless power of heaven touching limited men. The eternal power of heaven touching temporal situations and temporal people. The greatness and fullness of heaven touching you and I. The perfection of God touching our imperfections. His all, his power in our all, in our faults. Mankind, one with God. Now we live in times where this is needed. We live in times where peace on earth is needed. This message is not only relevant still today, 2,000 plus years later. This message is needed because peace, peace is tested everywhere nowadays. It doesn't take much for you to realize that peace is not only tested, but it's being rejected. And Christmas is a reminder that peace, peace on earth begins with you and me. This summer announcement reminds you and me that peace on earth begins with you and me. See, peace does not depend on a treaty between countries, even though that might help. Peace doesn't depend on some legislation criminalizing hate, even though that might help. Peace doesn't depend on a president or a king. Peace starts with you and me. Shepherds on the field. Watching over our flock. Peace starts with you and me. You know what peace is? Peace is staying when it's easy to go. Peace is embracing when you really feel like pushing. Peace is healing when you feel like hurting. And peace is saying I'm sorry when you really feel like offending. We need peace. We need peace on earth. And peace starts in the heart. Now peace is not always easy. Sometimes peace is harder than war. Sometimes peace is harder than fighting. But we have been called to, for peace. It is peace that we need. And it is peace that Christmas came to announce. It is peace that the birth of, of, of Savior of the world came to announce. That's why God didn't send an army. He sent his son. That's why God didn't just obliterate every evildoer in the world. We'd, we'd probably be included in that. But through his son, he guides us, he calls us, he influences us to overcome evil with good. To choose peace on earth. So, I don't know what kind of promise you've been believing for. The people who heard this, they were waiting on the promise of the Messiah. But you're here today and you're waiting on some promises. You're here today and you're believing for some promises. Maybe you've had a dream that nobody knows and you've believed it for a long time. It's in your heart and you've had this dream for as long as you can remember. Maybe you grew up believing that you were meant for something great. 
Maybe you were told that things were going to get better. And now you're here today and nothing has changed. Nothing has moved and your reality really hasn't turned into what the, the things that you were hoping for. Let me give you some good news here this morning. He who promised is faithful. He is faithful. He who sent his own, he who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also give with him, graciously give all things? He is good. Let me encourage you, don't hold back. Don't quit believing. This announcement should inspire you to not hold back, not quit believing, for you to not lose faith. You know, if 2017 was a disappointing year for you, just put on that muscle that you gained, all right? Put on that resilience that you gained and march on to 2018, believing for greater things, believing that he who promised is faithful because God is not done with you. God is not done with you. You know, and when one night, it may happen to you as well. One night, so to speak, you might be watching over to your sheep and you will see the light. And you will see the light and things will change. God fulfills his promise. And that good news is for you too. That good news is for you. Maybe you're here today. You might as well be a shepherd on the field. You might as well be here today or this morning and be like a shepherd on a field. Let me tell you about shepherds. Shepherding is a 24-hour job. It never stops. Because in the day, they take the sheep out to pasture, to graze in pasture. In the day, they take care of their wounds. In the day, they feed them. They take care of their sheep. And in the night, they have to watch over them. In the day, they protect them from lions. In the night, they protect them from wolves. In the day, they got to keep them out in the field, feed them. In the night, they got to protect them from robbers. These people had a tough job and it never stopped. They were always under the threat of something. They were always under pressure of something. And maybe you're here today and you feel like a shepherd on the field. On the field. There's stuff on you. You got work. You got kids. You got projects. You got deadlines. And you're here this morning. Maybe you came in just to take a little breather. Just to relax. Sit back and see if you could just enjoy a little bit of a breathing space. Because life has been pressuring you and you got all things in your mind and you lay down in bed at night and your mind keeps going and keeps going and keeps going because you got stuff on you. And you look at me and you say, JD, you're talking about a bright future. You're talking about a happier 2018. I don't know if it's going to happen to you because to me because if you knew what I know, if you see what I see, if you were in my shoes, you would understand that good news is not for me. I'm here to tell you good news is for you. It doesn't matter what you have on your shoulders, what kind of weight you're carrying. Good news is for you because he came to shepherds he came to shepherds on a field and you and I might be shepherds on a field here today there's good news for you it is good news for you maybe you've been feeling that your guard has to always be up because you're in imminent danger maybe you feel the the pressure and the anxiety of losing everything at any given point let me tell you this is the time of the year where it should be a reminder to you this announcement should be a reminder to you that a savior has come to relieve you from that pressure he has come to shepherds you know jesus himself said this to you and i come to me all who labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. 
Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. This announcement should bring you rest. And even here today in 2017, 2,000 years later after this announcement, the Messiah, the Christ, is still bringing peace on earth. He's still giving you his peace. He's still giving you his easy yoke. And he's taking your weights. So today really it's an invitation. To receive this announcement in your heart. To allow his life to be full in you. See, the life of Jesus meant something not just for people in the first century. But it kept growing and growing and growing. By the third century, the empire who persecuted it in the second century had become Christian. And the emperor himself declared himself to believe in Jesus Christ. It's got to it's gotta strike you as something marvelous and amazing that such a life has impacted the world and has impacted people of all walks of life, all types of education, all types of, of mentality. He has an ability to come into your life, understand where you are, and bring you into full peace. That means that you can stand. You can stand in the middle of the raging sea. And feel as though you are standing by still waters. You can stand in your situation because you might get out of here today. And tomorrow you are dumped with more stress. But because of this life, because of this announcement, you can stand at peace. Amid it all, in your heart, in your soul, you can be at peace. Because this announcement is not only peace on earth, but it's peace within. Do you receive it this morning? Amen. Would you mind standing? We're going to close. But I want to make you an invitation to receive this announcement. To go out. I'm going to laugh at that all day. It's the greatest announcement of all time. I want to invite you to enter into a relationship with this Jesus. You know, to have peace in your heart, peace in your mind. Maybe you get on your Facebook feed and your news feed and text messages you get, news you get, relationships you get. Maybe even in your own home, you can't find peace in your own den, in your own office. You can't find peace because there's turmoil within. And that's the kind of quietness and peace that only God can bring, really. Now, in your own way, in your own way, I don't know your background. I don't know where you come from. Maybe you've had past experiences with church that were really disappointing and hurtful, and that's on us. You know, maybe you've had experiences with church that, that didn't, it didn't do you good. And so you left, and you walked away, and you were hesitant by being here today. You know, I want to tell you, this is not an invitation to become a member or be a part of a religion. I just want to introduce you to Jesus the way it's meant to be father a god a friend who can take your weight and give you peace within peace that you've been seeking that you've been looking for and he has come so that you may have peace this is good news and it's good news for you so we're going to pray a prayer and if this is your first time here today in a minute i'm going to give you the opportunity to do so but i'm going to ask you to do something bold here today and we're not going to embarrass you or 
do anything public. But just as a sign of you saying, God, I want that in my life. I want, I want that kind of peace. I want that kind of life. I want to begin a relationship with you. In a moment, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. Just a simple, simple gesture. Your hand up saying, God, it's me. So he can look at you and, and see that guy, that girl, that lady, that person, that kid, that child. They mean business. They're serious about this. So if you don't mind, with every eye closed right now in the next few moments, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. And if you're here in this room and maybe God is speaking to you, you're sensing something on the inside in your heart. You know, maybe it's not even anything I've said. It's not even anything you've heard here. You just feel an impression. You feel the presence of God drawing you near. If that's you this morning, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand in three seconds. Three, God loves you. He's calling you. Two, it's not by chance that you have come here this morning. One, raise your hand everywhere in the building. If this is you, amen. I see you. I see you. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen. I see 18 hands up. You can put your hand down. We're all going to pray this prayer, and we all have prayed this prayer at one point in our lives. But if this is your first time, I want to ask you to really mean it so that before you leave here today, you may know that you are in full relationship with God. Let's pray together. Let's say, dear God, come into my heart. I invite you into my life. I give you my past. I give you my present. And I give you my future. I give you these problems that are weighing me down. The puzzles that I can't solve. The things that are too hard for me to bear. And I receive. I receive your son. I receive your peace. I receive the good news. Now forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of my wrongdoing. I offer you my life. And I ask you for my guidance. For guidance. Guide my life, guide my heart, guide my thoughts, and help me live a better life. I make you my Lord, and I make you my Savior from this day forward. Amen.